0: time of the year during this Advent season, pastors usually preach on the passages from the Old Testament, sometimes even from the New, and the reason is to show and remind the congregation once again that God is faithful and He always brings to pass what He promises. And so quite often we refer to passages, passages in the Old Testament that are either foreshadows or prophecies or signs that point to the Lord Jesus Christ. So that when we come to Christmas Day, we can remember with great joy and thanksgiving once again, the faithfulness of our God in bringing into the world the one who came to save sinners. And so this morning, we're looking at a passage specifically that was given to Israel through Moses, recorded for us in the book of Deuteronomy, a promise in which God says, I will raise up a prophet to instruct my people. Now, boys and girls, once again, What's a prophet? Let's make sure we understand what that is, so we can see how important this is to see uh, that Jesus is our main and chief prophet. Now, prophet was usually uh, was a person, usually a man. Only, only on very rare occasions do we hear of a woman prophet in the Old Testament. But it was a person who spoke messages from God to his people. That's probably the simplest way to understand it. A person who spoke messages from God to his people. They acted as mouthpieces for God. They received messages from God, and then their job was to announce or proclaim that message to God's people. And the response of God's people, and we hear it again in verse 15 and 19, was to listen to that prophet. And God even says in verse 19, whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak, I myself will will require it of him. And so the people, their responsibility was to heed, they were to listen, they were to obey. Now, of course, there were many prophets in the Old Testament. We can name many major and minor prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Zephaniah, Hosea, even Jonah, Elisha, Elijah, many, many more we could name, the greatest of whom was Moses. But this passage speaks of a specific prophet. It's in the singular here. And the New Testament then illuminates us to to the fact that this promise was actually fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ. And and this is stated explicitly, in fact, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts chapter 3. Acts 3, verse 19 to 23. We'll hear it, but I'll read the surrounding verses of it. Acts 3, verses 19 to 23. And this is uh, Peter is addressing the crowds in Solomon's portico. He says, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, and so we're talking, he's talking here about Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Then listen, and then he quotes Moses. Moses said, the Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And so the New Testament leaves no doubt that this Old Testament prophecy spoke of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we even hear our passage quoted by Stephen just before he was stoned to death by the Jews. And you can read this in Acts 7 verse 37. And Stephen, of course, had been preaching and proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ to them. And most revealing is that we hear God's command at the transfiguration of Jesus. What does he say to the disciples? This is my son, listen to him. Jesus even spoke of himself as a prophet. He said in Matthew 13 verse 57 that no prophet is honored in his own country. And then speaking of his death in Luke 13, verse 33, he says that it cannot be that a prophet, speaking of himself, should perish outside of Jerusalem. And so again, the New Testament leaves no doubt in our minds, or at least it shouldn't, that Jesus was the fulfillment of this Old Testament prophecy that God would raise up a prophet. And congregation, as we consider this passage in the season of Advent, May we see again the faithfulness of God to his promises and let us also heed his command to us. Listen to him. Our theme as we look at Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 to 22 this morning is this Through Moses, the Lord prepares us for the coming of Jesus as prophet. Through Moses, the Lord prepares us for the coming of Jesus as prophet. We'll see three points this morning his supremacy. That is, the supremacy of Jesus as prophet over every other prophet that came before him. In the second place, his responsibility. And in the third place, his authority. But as the Lord promises through Moses a prophet to his people, we see in the first place the supremacy of Jesus as prophet. In other words, Jesus was greater than any prophet that came before him and certainly after him. He was the supreme prophet. We might call him the prophet of prophets. Now, in the original context, this promise is spoken to Israel as they prepared, as we said, to cross the river Jordan into Canaan, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, a God, the, the land that God had promised to his people, uh, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs. And the people, when they crossed the river Jordan into Canaan, Moses reminds them here again, just before, in verses 9 and following, that they were to know themselves as a people holy to the Lord. They were to know themselves as a kingdom of priests. And so they were to keep themselves from the impurities and the wicked practices of the pagan nations that dwelt in Canaan. And so they needed continued instruction because they were entering into a new land to live among a people they had not known. Up to this point, Moses had filled that role But his days, as we said, were coming to an end. And so God promises to raise up another prophet from among them to speak his word to Israel. Verse 18, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among your brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. The Lord promises here to raise up, or to cause to arise, a prophet from their midst. In other words, he would not be someone who had, say, immigrated into Israel. He would be from among them, of their nation, of the bloodline of Abraham. And he would be like Moses, in that he would have direct contact with God, direct communion and communication with God, and he would then communicate God's words to the Israelites. And again, this was needful in this original context, it was needful, For Israel's continued instruction as they entered into this pagan land. And of course Joshua would come after Moses. And he would speak God's word to his people. And after Joshua would come Samuel. And all the prophets that followed them. But again, all the prophets were merely glimpses of the supreme prophet. The prophet of prophets, the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we know that? Well, according to his human nature, Jesus was a descendant of Judah. And so he was a true Israelite. And so he arose from Israel. And as far as revealing God's will, he filled that role perfectly and beyond. Jesus said of himself in Luke 11 verse 32 that one greater than Jonah was here. And that's why we speak of the supremacy of Jesus over all other prophets. But we have to ask, well, how was Jonah? Jesus greater than Jonah and all the prophets. Well, first and foremost, because Jesus was God Himself. He was God incarnate. He was the Word made flesh. As a matter of fact, we learn from the pen of Peter that the prophets of old actually spoke by the Spirit of Christ. And so all through history, it was in fact His Word, the Word of Christ, that was being proclaimed by the prophets. They were speaking His Word before He even came. John writes in his gospel that the word, that is, Jesus, the wisdom of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And so, whereas the prophets that came before him were servants, actually his servants, Jesus was Lord of the manor. Listen to the way the inspired author of Hebrews waxes eloquent about Jesus in Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 4. Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 4. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. So the the writer of Hebrews not only uh, emphasizes uh, that Jesus is the prophet through whom God speaks to us today in these last days, now he begins to wax eloquent about who Jesus really is. He expands on who Jesus is. Verse 3, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Listen to the qualifications of Jesus mentioned here. He is the appointed ear of all things. Through him, God the Father created the world. He reflects, he radiates, the glory of God is the image of the invisible gods as Paul in Colossians. He upholds the universe and he has sat down at the right hand of God. No prophet before him is or can be spoken of in these lofty terms. No wonder God the Father commanded the disciples of Jesus to listen to him. Another way Jesus is the supreme prophet is because of His revelations themselves. His revelations, what He revealed themselves, were superior to anything the prophets before Him spoke. Listen, for instance, to John 1. John 1, verses 17 to 18. John writes, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of Christ, of course. John 1, 17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. And so Jesus reveals something that none of the prophets before him could ever reveal. Jesus made God himself known in a way none of them could have. He was, we might say, he was God's ultimate revelation of himself. God's grace, his truth, his love, his wisdom were made flesh. They were given visible representation or visible appearance in Jesus. And so the very existence of Jesus was already revelation from God before He even spoke a word. And He could do this because He is the very Son who dwells at His Father's side. Jesus, as the great prophet, gave us first-hand information about the Father, information no ordinary prophet Could give. Think as well of his teachings that were superior. To all that was spoken before him. In Mark 1. We read that Jesus came preaching the gospel. Boys and girls. Gospel means the good news. Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Saying the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. All who came before him. Spoke of this time. Jesus announced its arrival. He says, it's here. He was the prophet of prophets. Or think of the many ways that Jesus corrected the understanding of and explained the teachings of the Old Testament prophets. In fact, in his Sermon on the Mount, we hear him saying, to the people, you have heard it said, but now I say to you, correcting the interpretations of the words of the prophets. And Jesus could say this because his wisdom exceeded the prophets that came before him. Or think of that marvelous conversation with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. We read there these startling words, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. This was earth-shattering. All the things in the Old Testament pointed to Jesus, spoke of Jesus. Jesus corrected the religious leaders of his day, telling them that Moses and the prophets testified about him. Again, this is a reminder that the whole Bible is the word of Jesus, in fact. And we would do very well to listen to it. And is it not from the mouth of the supreme prophet Jesus that we hear the command to baptize, to celebrate the Lord's Supper, who but Jesus summed up the commandments of God into two great commandments. Who explained, and we could say so much, but we're just giving a few examples. Who explained to the people that the serpent lifted up in the wilderness by Moses actually pointed to Jesus, to his death? And that the manna that fell to feed the people in the, in the, the wilderness pointed to the life of That Jesus alone can give. The congregation prays God that he has raised up indeed a prophet like Moses, yet superior in so many ways, so that we, a people who have walked in darkness, may be given light. But as the Lord promises through Moses a prophet to his people, we see in the second place his responsibility. And so again, what was the prophet's main work? It was to speak God's word to his people. But you know, we might hear that, we may may wonder at times, maybe that thought will pass pass through your mind at least once in your life. We might wonder, well, well, why was a prophet needed for God to speak through him to his people? Why doesn't God just speak directly to people himself? Couldn't he do that? Well, congregation, of course God could. But the fact is, Israel themselves would have none of that. Because at Mount Horeb, or Mount Sinai, which is the same thing, they had learned that direct contact with a holy God is terrifying. Listen to verse 16. Moses says to them, Just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire anymore, lest I die." And so at Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai, Israel had experienced something of the presence of God. And you remember, boys and girls, what took place? They stood at the, the foot of Mount Sinai and the mountain was smoking and they heard thunder and there was lightning and there was fire on the mountain. And they were absolutely terrified. And they said to Moses, Moses, please don't let us have to go through that again because we will surely die. You go near and you hear all that the Lord our God may say and you tell us all that the Lord God says to you and we will do it. We will hear it and we will do it. They wanted someone between them and God. Someone who could bring them God's words. They wanted a mediator. And that is what Moses did. That's the part he played. And God promises here that when Moses passed from this life, he would raise up another to take his place, to receive his word and speak his word to his people. Again, verse 18. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And so keep in mind here, again, remember, this prophet was never to speak his own words He was to speak the word that God had put into his mouth. Whether through dreams or visions or directly, God would give him a message that he wanted his people to hear. And the prophet was to speak that message clearly and truthfully. Well, what kind of messages did the prophets bring? Well, at least three types. Sometimes the prophets would come to God's people with a word of rebuke. Studies have shown, in fact, that more than half of what the prophets spoke in the Old Testament were in the way of of a chastising nature. And the Lord caused these messages to be recorded so that His people throughout the ages would apply these stern warnings against sin in our own lives. And so sometimes the prophets would come with rebuke quite often, but they would often come also with a word of encouragement. Prophet Isaiah, for example. Comfort, comfort ye my people. Or those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And not only would he bring words of uh, uh, rebuke and comfort, but he would also bring information about God and his perhaps plans or future plans for his people. And so the people of Israel would learn from the mouth of the prophets that God is merciful and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. They would learn, as we learn today, about God's wisdom, His power, His eternality. Nothing can be hidden from His sight. We hear in Psalm 87 of God's intention that even former enemies of Israel would one day be numbered in Zion. That's us. And we hear of one who would arise, who would be a light to the Gentiles. And so, a prophet spoke of God's word of rebuke, of comfort, and teaching to God's people. All of which came from the mouth of Jesus, the prophet of prophets. Think again of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus rebukes Israel again and again for their hypocritical and superficial service to God. And he calls at several at, at, uh, different times in his ministry He calls the religious leaders of his day whitewashed tombs, sons of the devil, blind guides, serpents. He chastises them. He rebukes them. But he also brings words of comfort. He says to his people, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Come to me all who are burdened and weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest and he also taught us of the will of god for our salvation he announced the message of god's mercy extended to fallen man he announced that the day of god's salvation had arrived christ as prophet brought god's message of hope to sinners That all who repent and believe in Him will be welcomed into God's kingdom. And if we have any doubt that Jesus was the prophet to come. Listen to what He declares in John 12 verses 49 to 50. That the Father Himself had given Him what to say and what to speak. Remember that, boys and girls? God said, I will put my words in His mouth. Listen to Him. Jesus said, the Father Himself had given Him what to say and what to speak. Or think of John 17, verse 8, where Jesus prays to the Father, For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. And so, children of God, Jesus has fulfilled the office of prophet, speaking the word given to him. And we needed such a one, we needed such a mediator, because we are sinful. And fallen human beings who cannot, just like Old Testament Israel, we cannot stand in the presence of God to listen to His words. We could not stand in His presence to be instructed, because we will, we too will, will feel as if we will surely die. We will feel that um, the horror of standing in the in the before the presence of a holy God. We would have the same reaction of Israel at Horeb. But thank God Jesus has come to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah that all your children shall be taught by God. But again, remember the command of God, listen to Him. We have to take that to heart. As Jesus still speaks to us today in His Word and in the preaching of that Word. As He continually unfolds the mysteries of God to us as He continually calls us as His people to repent, as He calls us to believe in Him, lest we die in our sin, as He promises rest to the weary and hope for the hopeless, as He proclaims of God that He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let us listen to God's prophet, because only He has the words of life. But as the Lord promises through Moses a prophet to his people, we see in the third place his authority. And we hear of that authority in verse 18, that the prophet's authority originated in the fact that the Lord had commanded him. This is not an authority that any prophet, anyone, can take upon themselves. Still today, the commission has to be from God. In fact, God says in verse 20 that if someone presumed to speak in his name or spoke in the name of another God, he should die. And he even gave a test to tell if a person was a true prophet or not. Verse 22, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken, the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You you need not be afraid of him. And so here was the simple test for Israel, still for us today. If the thing the prophets spoke came true, they were true prophets. In today's context, if we speak God's word, it it, it comes from the Bible. When it's tested against the standard of the Bible, then we know that this one is a prophet. If not, they were imposters. And of course, through history, there were many prophets in Israel who spoke many things that did come true and showed that they did come from God and they did speak God's word. And so, again, a few examples. Moses pronounced that the waters of the Nile would turn to blood, and it did. Elijah said that there would be no rain or dew until he said so, and there was drought conditions for three and a half years. Elijah pronounced that by the next day there would be an abundance of food, after years of famine, and it was so. Daniel prophesied that Israel would return to their land after 70 weeks, and they did. Micah spoke of Bethlehem as the birthplace of Christ, and that too came to pass. And so the true prophet of God spoke with the authority of God. They spoke God's words, which came true. But these, as we said, all were pointing to the great and ultimate prophet, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus would speak with a greater authority than all the prophets who came before him because he spoke in his divine authority. Those who heard him, in fact, you remember, declared that Jesus spoke with authority and not as the scribes. Or think of his words in the Sermon on the Mount, you have heard it said, but now I say to you. Now it's interesting that you never hear Jesus saying these words. Thus says the Lord, as the Old Testament prophets. Jesus never has to say this. You don't, he doesn't have to say, Thus says the Lord, because He was the Lord. He was God in the flesh. Think as well of the many things that Jesus spoke which came true. Too many to mention today, but we'll give you a few examples. And we can think of simple things that Jesus said that came true, like the withering of the fig tree. The more spectacular things, like His words to Martha that her brother Lazarus would rise again. During his ministry, Jesus also declared that one of his close friends would betray him, that Peter would deny him three times, and especially that the Son of Man would be arrested and given into the hands of evil men and be crucified and then rise after three days. Jesus also announced the coming of the Holy Spirit and the destruction of Jerusalem, all of which came to pass. And so Jesus was God's promised prophet who fulfilled Deuteronomy 18, verse 18, as no one else. And congregation, if we believe this, God says to us in verse 15, it is to him you shall listen. Our own thoughts, our own opinions, our own reasoning, our own logic, the wisdom of this world, Even the most brilliant and eloquent scholar. All other words have to take second place to what Jesus has spoken. In fact, listen in verse 19. And whoever will not listen to my words, that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. And So there's a warning here for us today as God's people still. God has spoken to us. Fully and finally through His Son, Jesus Christ. We, as His people today, are called to listen to Him. And if we don't, God says that He will require it of us. What does that mean? Well, the Hebrew word translated require here means to seek diligently. To seek after something diligently. And the sense here is that, as the word is used, is that God will demand payment from us. He will see that we will make amends. If we are disobedient to Jesus, he will exact divine vengeance upon those who reject Jesus. Jesus himself said these words, whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. That's the Father. And so God takes it very personally. If anyone fails to heed what his Son has revealed, he has sent his promised and greatest prophet into the world. Let us listen to him, rejoicing in God's faithfulness and love. Amen.